Merry Christmas. I'm Sean and welcome to the Car Expert Christmas Podcast Special. Scott and James are here. We're all Christmassy. Festive. Yeah, we've got the tinsel out, the hats on. There's a Christmas tree back there if you could see that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a small budget we have to work with. It's here. an empty office behind us. I'll tell you that much. Our team's buggered off early for I Christmas. Know, they cleared out. And look, to be fair, before we dive in, um, our presence did come early this year because the other day we hit 400,000 subscribers on YouTube. And that's thanks to you guys watching. Uh, and if you listen and you also subscribe to the channel, thank you so much for that. It is uh, kind of crazy to hit that number. Uh, I started with Car Expert about two years ago and we're at 150,000. So the, it's just grown. It's just, it's wild. So. We're saying 500K by Easter? Is that um, the... <laughs> I'm not going to say that. Um, <laughs> I think that's wood, yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. Um, well, yes, we have a Christmas special today. Uh, we're going to talk about some of our favorite cars, some of our least favorite cars. We're going to announce the winner of our fuel competition. Uh, but first, we're going to start by talking about what's happening on the Car Expert website over the Christmas break. So guys, take it away. So lots and lots of year in review stuff. Um, news and just publishing in general is the sort of thing where you're always looking at the next story or the next day. You know, news is empty every morning and it just needs to be full at night. So we spend very little time looking back at what we've actually done and sort of celebrating that. Over the Christmas break, our team all takes an actual break, hopefully. Um, but we need to schedule some content. So what we do is we go through and we find the top news stories, opinion pieces, reviews, that sort of thing for the year and repost those so people can have a look. We also get the team to answer a few questions like what was your biggest disappointment of the year? What was your favorite car you drove this year? We're gonna talk about some of those too, but a lot of content essentially looking at the year that was at Car Expert and then talking about what we're most excited for next year. Um, I know also James, you're in charge of scheduling the reviews. I think there's one going live on every day over the break. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> James has been very busy. So just quickly, I don't know which one of you can tell me this, how many articles did we actually publish on the website this year? Oh, I did the maths on Rough this. Rough figures as well. Um, we average about 320 or more news stories per month, plus more than 30 reviews a month. So someone better at maths than me can work that out. Yeah, I mean, we're um, talking nearly 4,000 articles published. Approaching that sort of number, yeah. yeah. And they all run through James, pretty much. Who's the, the reviews. reviews all yeah, reviews. Yeah. I do sometimes <laughs> deal with the new stuff as yes. well, but I just would not be able to go through all of that. That's actually Will, who does a really great yeah. job with that. It's, it's um, crazy. These all go through, like, just our very small team. And what have we got? six people in editorial now. Growing, so. but yeah. yeah. Um, it also is worth bearing in mind that all the stuff that we've published, call it 4,000 stories, it's then been amplified through 7 West. All of the news and review content we do goes live on Channel 7's website. Uh, we also get uh, amplified through ACM, which is Australian Community Media, which is a network of, I want to say, more than 20 or 30 country newspapers and websites. So Yeah, a lot of, I think a lot of them are former Fairfax websites. So most country towns that have an advocate or a daily or yeah, that sort of thing. An there. advertiser, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's them now. So. Yeah, so that 4,000 is multiplied by I don't know how many, but car expert content has been spread far and wide this year. I want to tell you a funny story about that. The country town I grew up in, Orange, their, their newspaper is one of those yeah. uh, ACM papers. And when I was young, I went in and asked for a job as a photographer. And they said, no, we don't think your photography is good enough for our paper. And uh, who's laughing now? <laughs> this is the Retribution podcast. Uh, but okay, so massive year, uh, arguably our biggest year. Definitely, is, inarguably. Yeah, inarguably year, yeah, because um, yeah, we've had no interruptions. It's just been full steam all year. Um, is there any news articles that really jumped out to you guys? This doesn't have to be favourite, but just something that really stands out from the year that, that really sort of blew your mind. 
Um, well, there's so much. Like I don't even I don't even know what what to what to choose because the you know the there's been so many things that have happened this year. We've seen so many new cars revealed and so many things that we've covered, um, whether we've been on launches or just following the general news cycle. And I think the team does such a great job at just getting onto things quickly, doing a great job of making sure that we cover all the details and. Uh, I don't even know. I think for me, something that was really cool this year was to see the new Prado. That's mm -hmm. one thing that springs to mind. And, um, you know, the coverage on that was really interesting to see what Toyota's doing across different regions, you know, what it means for that that car. And it's slowly starting to roll out across the world now. We'll see it in Australia next year. So that's one car I'm really excited to to know more about. Um, and, yeah, there's just so much that's happened this year that I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I think for me, the... The biggest day that we had was the Tokyo Motor Show. Um, motor shows are always hectic because generally they're in a different time zone, but also for anyone who's been to one of these as a you know as an automotive PR or someone who's been on the media day, it's not like you sort of wander around the show floor and have a nice look at things and sit in some seats. And generally there's a press conference every 15 or 20 minutes. They all back onto each other. And of course, obviously every brand thinks its thing is the most important in the world. So And they are. Just to be clear, you're all, you're all very special, yes. absolutely. Um, but it for us back here in Melbourne, the Tokyo one, every single press conference there was some piece of news. It was a Honda Prelude concept. It was three Toyota concepts. We had Paul and Albers on the ground feeding photos and info back to us. I think we published 25 or 26 stories that day. Well, as we spoke about on the podcast, that's the first real motor show yeah. since 2019. So yeah, it yeah. was wild. There was something newsy happening all the time. Um, everything was actually relevant. There wasn't any sort of, this brand has just announced that it's gonna continue doing business as usual. Uh, that was really significant, I think, in the context of the Japanese automotive industry, but also from our perspective, it was a massive day of news. I think also as well, it was one of the few motor shows that have happened in the last few years where not everything came out under embargo or mm. things were sort of leaked or revealed ahead of time. There was a lot of stuff that was happening in real time. So, it was a, yeah, that was a huge day that everyone got on top of, even the guys that were on the ground as well as back here in Melbourne were yeah. going pretty crazy here. Well, okay, it's I think it's time to start talking some of our uh, wrap-up things that we're going to do. So we're going to start with the favourite car you guys drove all year. Uh, Scott, I'll pass over to you first. Actually, do you want to say it in sync? Because we have the same car. Oh, it's, the, uh, it's the Honda, Honda Civic, Civic Type, Type R. R. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, James and I both drove this in different environments. James on the road and me on the track. Um, it does so much of what I want from a car. It is a good size so I can get golf clubs and stuff in the boot. It's got space for friends. You could drive it every day. It's comfortable. It's a manual with a lovely gear shift. But I think beyond all of that, it's got so many layers to it. I know when you drove it on the road, you just found it every time you pushed it harder, it went with you. And on the track, that's the same thing. It, it's really friendly and approachable to start with. Um, it's really engaging because you're thinking about what gear you're in. But as you go faster, it just comes with you the whole way. It really does feel like a mini sort of Porsche GT car in that sense. And I think if someone were to say to me, you have to buy a car right now, that would be the car I'd want to buy because it, I could drive every day, enjoy every day and also push hard on the track. Well, yeah, I, there's not really much more to say, is there? <laughs> um, but, you know, for, for the same same sort of reasons, but from a from an everyday driving perspective, like I was just so impressed with how you feel everything, you feel so connected to the driving experience, whether it's, you know, with each turn of the wheel, you feel like what you can feel what the front's doing. Every imperfection in the road, you sort of get an idea of what's going on. It's almost like an extension of all of your limbs and senses and whatever, but with a layer of polish and insulation that 
doesn't mean that you're, you know, breaking your back over bumps or, you know, feeling like you're constantly having to muscle the steering wheel to park it, for example. And while it looks, still looks quite wild, maybe not so much as the old one, but what I loved about it is that it looks like a race car for the road, but you can use it every day. It feels special. It's still relatively attainable. $70,000 is still a lot of money. I won't um, lie about that, but you know, it's, it's relatively attainable. It looks cool. And it's just a real, you know, no, I don't know whether that's the right term, like a come to Jesus moment for Honda. Like, <laughs> I just feel like they've got their mojo back. Yeah, and it's the first real Type R in a long time. Yeah, like we've seen the um, Honda progressively get its mojo back with its latest releases. You know, I was very complimentary of the new CRV. The Civic and HRV are really good mm -hmm. as well. And to see that, that Type R, I think, is really the epitome of that. It just shows how much passion and expertise is back at, at Honda. And I'm just so excited to see what they keep on, you know, the role that they keep on going because it's, it's been really good. What about you? I know that you don't review cars, but you drive a lot of cars down to video. What was your highlight for the year? Just so up until about three days ago, it was the new Porsche Cayenne yep. S. Um, Filthy V8. Yes, uh, and, and I love that car. But then I drove the F-150. You are a country boy, the country, you? Yeah, The farm boy in me came out. I, I have wanted to drive that truck since I can remember. So yes. I was, well, I'm still that tall, but like, <laughs> since I was about three years old, I've always wanted to drive an F-150. I grew up, my family had um, F-250s, F-350s yeah. when I was a kid. So uh, getting to actually drive a long wheelbase F-150, um, I first got to it and I was like, oh, I don't know, a little disappointed. It's missing a couple of cylinders and it doesn't have a column shift. Like it's sort of what you right. imagine. And then I took, I took it all back because I spent a night driving it and it was just is my perfect car. <laughs> and for those I, I watching at it. home, I did call Sean while he was in that car. And when I tell you the... The, the excitement. The, the key that his voice was in and the volume was just like, I'd never heard him speak like that before. So he was properly yeah. chuffed. <laughs> and this year I've driven the Ram and the Silverado, but yeah. the F-150 is, it is the top of the tree when it comes to that. that it is the most, the best selling car in the world. So... One of, yes. Yeah, I think, or... It's the best-selling car in America yeah, and America, has been yeah. for the last it however many one years. One every 30 yeah. seconds they sell or some yeah. ridiculous number. So, yeah. So, very quick, quick whip around before we move on. What were the runners-up for you? You've said it was, was your runner-up. The Cayenne Was yeah. the Cayenne yeah. S. What were your... I, the, this is the problem. I get asked the question all, all the time, like, what's your favourite car? What's the best car you've yeah. driven? And there are so many great cars that I just can't <laughs> remember. Like, the Civic really stuck out for me. But there are so many other vehicles that I've driven this year that are so, so impressive. I enjoyed driving the EV9. I wasn't necessarily um, expecting a whole lot because of the pricing and everything. It turned out to be really good. And um, it weighs about a 1,000 tonnes as well. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's, a, it's a heavy thing. Um, and even at the very beginning of the year when I drove the EV6 GT, I know that's two Kias, but there's quite a few cars that I've driven this year. Oh, the Cooper stuff, I really enjoyed the Cooper stuff. Um, going to the launch of the Bourne, I was really impressed by the Cooper Bourne. Um, that'll feed into what's, um, what I'm excited about this year. <laughs> but, you know, the, the, I could, I've driven so many cars this year, and I know it's the same for you as well. It's, sometimes it's really hard to pick one, let alone more mm. than one. Yes, well, we only asked for your second favourite, not your second <laughs> to ten favourites. I love so. all my children. Okay. <laughs> what about you, Scott? Have you got one? I'm going M3 Touring. Oh, um, I mean, I, yeah, uh, that would be up there. Special, five, special sure. car. We, we had one in um, ultraviolet, purple, mm. metallic, with a white interior, and it was just a stunning spec. 
it could do absolutely everything and you would never ever need to drive another car. It really impressed me. That's what I think about the F-150. Yeah, I mean, that's a good two-car garage if we <laughs> yes. ever decide to, to yes. share a garage. Um, I also, uh, I was very impressed by the, uh, the new Honda CRV if we're talking practical stuff. Is it, wasn't that like the, the shock of the year? That yeah, car was it's an excellent unbelievable. car. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I've driven a lot of CRVs over the years and they're so drab. Yeah. And this thing was just great in every way. So. Yeah, props to Honda. Um, I guess it's probably our top five for us. <laughs> yeah, top ten almost. All right. that. Let's let's take things to a sadder note. What was your biggest disappointment of the year, James? I'll throw to you first. Uh, I just feel that it's been so disappointing to see a lack of initiative around bringing more efficient vehicles and more electrified options. It's something that we're seeing as a narrative across the industry, where everyone's like, "We need to reduce emissions," and we see it in the comments on our website, and we hear from industry bodies where we're all advocating for this stuff, but not a whole lot is happening, which is really freaking frustrating because as a nation, you know, people are talking complaining about high fuel prices. We need cars that use less fuel. We're complaining about emissions. We need cars that use less fuel and emit less out of the tailpipe. And, you know, electric vehicles aren't the only solution for a lot of people. They play in price back brackets that aren't necessarily in everyone's budgets. And, you know, you look at Toyota, which offers a hybrid version of all of their cars, its cars, but they've got supply constraints and no one else is really coming to the table with the same level of, you know, commitment. So that, that's something that's been really disappointing for me. And I think it's a combination of not only getting the products to market, but also educating buyers to say, you know, you may not be able to get this, but you can get this that will significantly, significantly reduce your impact while also reducing your, you know, cost of um, living or, you know, maintenance cost or whatever. Um, and so I hope that we see more of that moving forward given, there's things in place or things in the works to try and help bring better options into our market. Well, James didn't really answer the question, but what about you, Scott? Have you got the biggest, <laughs> biggest, most disappointing car of the year? I, I don't have a most disappointing car of the year either because the, the way that we framed this question in our editorial content was just automotive industry in general. What disappointed you? And for me, it's the fact that I don't think we really drove a game-changing car this year. Uh, I think the closest thing to it would be the MG4, which is a very good to drive, reasonably priced electric hatch. But if you look at the bottom end of the market, small affordable cars are becoming less small and less affordable. And that's down to emission standards. It's down to the fact that every car needs a full spinning LiDAR unit on the roof now in case a butterfly drives across the road and ANCAP doesn't want it to die. They need to have a lot of stuff in them and that makes them pricey. Through the sort of mid-sized sedans and SUVs people are driving, I, I can't think of anything that's really stepped the game on since, I want to say, early 2010s even. I know that Toyota offers hybrid power in the RAV4, but they're in short supply and there's still very few options like that. And in the luxury world, there's a lot of really impressive luxury cars out there, but in terms of cars that really, like, advance the formula... I sort of keep coming back to having driven the new 5 Series recently. It is beautiful, but it's beautiful because it's got flashier screens and lights inside it and more colourful, comfortable leather and it doesn't really change things. It's just bigger and has more tech than the old one. If you look at Mercedes, we're getting more screens, more creaky plastic, but less innovation and less bank vault build. And so just, much more money you have to spend, yeah. by the way. They're going up by so much. Well, and especially a number of them, you only have one car you can buy and yeah. it costs over $100,000 yeah. and it's like... You know, the only way you change it is putting a $10,000 option pack yeah, on Yeah, exactly. It. It's like, that's but, yeah, I, crap. <laughs> I just feel like the industry is in a holding pattern. Mm. It's like they're waiting for electrification to fully take hold. Mm. And that just means we're getting the same stuff rehashed and there's, there's less innovation than there really should be. 
I'm hoping that next year is the year that some of these crazy concepts from Japan come to life, that the really cheap electric cars take another big step forward and that we drive something that makes you go, this is a game changer because in 2023, it all was a bit stale, I think. And I think the cars that were meant to be game changers were far from it. BMW XM comes to mind. <laughs> yes, that did not change um, the game. Mustang Mach-E. Yeah. Like, talk about a disappointment, like a car that... I was looking forward to and was sad when mm. it got here. You know, it's that yeah, the cars that were meant to do it haven't really succeeded at doing yeah. it. Which where do you point a finger? It's hard yeah. to point a finger, but yeah, it's a, it, you're right. I think it's a bit of a shame. Uh, okay, well let's come back to a more positive light then. <laughs> uh, it's it's time to announce the winners of our Ampole fuel competition. Now we were swamped with entries. Mm. Uh, I made quite a large spreadsheet. It might be the biggest spreadsheet I've ever made. The only spreadsheet you've ever made. <laughs> it was the only spreadsheet I've ever made. Yes, <laughs> uh, with with all the entries, and I, it, it took us a few days to get through this and figure mm. out who it was. But uh, I'm going to pass over to James. Actually, before we do. Um, there was so many entries that we decided what we should do is actually give a second prize, a runner-up prize. So the winner is getting $400 of fuel from Ampol still, but the runner-up is going to get a $200 voucher to help them out over Christmas. So James, tell us about our runner-up and their entry. Uh, so Brett has won $200, so well done, Brett. And um, after his family has uh, done it a little bit tough during um, the COVID period, he wants to take his wife and son away on a road trip. Uh, to, I don't really know where he's going, but he wants to go somewhere, which is obviously, you know, a great time of the year to go and do something as a family um, after some tough times. And, you know, hopefully this can go a bit of a way to helping them get there. Well, I mean, as I think all three of us would probably agree on this, the, one of the best kind of drives is a drive to nowhere, right? Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Um, Brett, if you're going to do that, uh, send some photos to us. We'd love to see uh, how, how your road trip gets on. So congratulations, Brett. $200 fuel voucher is coming your way. All right, Scott. It's time. I was going to ask for a drum roll. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, congratulations to Darren, who's our winner. Uh, our family road trip for uh, the Christmas period is what he said he wanted to do. They're going to do a bakery and brewery tour of New South Wales. I love that. that They're driving great. from Brisbane to Threadbow and back over 12 days. I don't know if $400 is going to be enough fuel to cover all that ground, but it should go some way to it. Yeah, it'll, look, it'll at least help subsidise some of the bakery and brewerying that they're going to do. So. Right. I don't want to speak ill of our sponsors, but don't use the 400 bucks on pies in yeah. the servo yes. uh, shop. Yes. Use, it at the, use it to pay for the fuel to get you to the bakeries. Yes. yes. So, yeah, congratulations, Darren. I love the idea of a bakery and brewery tour. That is something I could get behind. Just so. do the breweries at the end of the day so you yes. don't have to drive after. Yes, yes, yes. Park the hotel, go to the brewery. Very yes. Simple. Yes. So, uh, Darren and Brett, congratulations. Those vouchers are coming to you. We would love to see some pictures and hear a bit of a yarn about how it all went. So make sure once you've done your road trips, you get back in touch with us and let us know because we'd, we'd love to see how that went for you. All right. It's time to look forward now. What's going, what's going on next year? Um, obviously, this is not something that we can put too much opinion into because we haven't driven any of these cars <laughs> yet. But what are the cars that you're most looking forward to Basic, just based on paper. James, I'm going to go straight to you first. Oh, me first again. Okay. Um, so I chose the upcoming range of Volkswagen's electric vehicles. It's... Loves a V-Dub. Yeah, it's so absolutely. Strange, it? well, I don't know why. Oh, yeah, it's not like I own one. Um, well, do you own a Volkswagen, James? <laughs> yeah, didn't you know? I, know I never talk about it. No. <laughs> New resolution is talk less about the GTI. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like, look over there, there's other cars. Um, but, you know, the, the Volkswagen's electric vehicles have been in the works for us for a really long time. We've been hearing about them. They, go, they went very well in Europe in terms of sales volume, not as well as they liked, which is why we've had stories of them cutting production and things like that. But after driving 
driving the Cupra Born this year, they have clearly very solid underpinnings there and a range of vehicles that I think will suit a lot of people. And I think given we're so limited in our options, particularly from the mainstream or legacy brands at the moment, and what Volkswagen Group has been able to do with pricing stuff like the Cupra Born, I think they'll be in a in a price point that will be... Sorry, just for those <laughs> playing along at home, there was something happening in the background really loudly there. <laughs> I hope that wasn't coming through on yeah. our audio too. Yeah, but, you know, they've got the ID4, ID5 coming next year, the Skoda Enyaqs, the Audi stuff is coming as well, and they all seem to be playing at a price point that's attainable that people, you know, that our current Volkswagen owners can look into because at the moment they don't really have many options if they unless they want to move to other brands that they're not really sure about. And, you know, the, the fundamentals all seem really good. So I, I want to see more stuff like that that where these big brands that have huge ranges of things out there that are attainable for people, that you don't just have to look at the Chinese brands, not to say the Chinese brands aren't doing a good job at what they're doing, but also just having more choice so people you know, can get something that's more suited to their needs or more in line with what they want from a certain brand. Right, Scott, what about you? Uh, I'm going the Porsche Macan EV. Um, I am a Porsche fan. I really enjoy most of their cars. Um, I know, we saw how you decorated the office here. Yes, this was all me. <laughs> I'm a very talented artist, if you weren't aware. <laughs> Not even a little bit. Um, but the Macan is their best seller worldwide. It's a really significant car for them. And we've now learned that in Australia, you're not going to be able to order one from the middle of next year. They're killing the petrol car completely and they're moving to the electric model. Which is a shame because that 2.9 litre V6 is it gorgeous. It goes really oh, hard. What a Absolutely. great car. But if Porsche gets this right, this is the car that takes the foundation laid by the Taycan and really drags them into the electric era. If they get it wrong, it's their bottom line. It, it's not a 911 that a few people buy that impacts the brand image that they can update really quickly. It's their bread and butter and they really need to nail it. So it's rare that Porsche misses. I trust them to do a good job, but I'm, I'm looking forward to experiencing it to see if they have managed to take what makes that petrol Macan such an awesome sporty SUV that so many people love and translate it to the electric world. I mean, the Taycan has proven to be quite a good little car. Mm, so Absolutely. Uh, is it that little? Oh, I guess. Maybe it gets to F-150. Yes, yeah. <laughs> everything <laughs> is small now, yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it seems that they, they have a fairly good idea of how to make an EV, like yeah. a fast EV. So, and, and the Macan was always such a dynamically well-sorted mm. uh, well car, so. Fingers crossed. Yeah, absolutely. But it's it's life or death for them. They yeah. have to get it right. So it's it's going to be really interesting. Yeah, they can't rely on uh, 911 turbo cells. To no, unfortunately <laughs> not. Cover the shortfall. Uh, well, mine, I don't really don't get around uh, SUVs and four-wheel drives. I'm not really normally that excited. But you mentioned it before. The Lexus GX, I am really interested in. Uh, looks awesome. It looks, it looks fantastic. really tough. Um, I, in theory, it should become a Prado as well. Yep. But it's going to come with a three and a half litre twin turbo V6, mm -hmm. which is what you get in the Lexus LX6. Yes. And the new Tundra. Yes. So, uh, yeah, it looks great. It should go like stink. That's something to look forward to. So yeah. yeah, I had the boring choice in saying the Prado, but yes, the Lexus looks really good as well. And I think in terms of what that vehicle is now sized at and what it offers and the price point, I think that the engines that the GX is going to offer are probably more in line with what people want and it puts positions it better against something like a Land Rover Defender and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, and I think it looks a little bit, well, not better, but... It looks cool in its own way. It's not a game changer for the automotive industry, but I think it certainly is for Toyota because the old Prado is very old now. It's Absolutely. been around for a long time. That I really hope the Lexus comes with that um, adventure package that they showed it in as well. It's got like the sandy top exterior yes. with like all terrains and stuff. Mm. I really want to see them do that yeah. here because that would be awesome. Oh, coolest parents on the school run for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. 
It's time. This is the one I'm most excited to talk about. Oh, yeah. This is the best Christmas presents for petrol heads. We've gone around the internet. We've done the hard work for you. Uh, not that you have much time left, but it, there is time for some last minute shopping. Get it in. Uh, Scott, I'll throw over to you first. What have you found? So I first want to preface this by saying, if you have someone in your life who loves cars, they love cars. They don't love shirts with cars on them. They don't love branded mugs. They don't love like cork soppers that have a Porsche logo on them. Ooh, they love. I think Porsche owners would get around one of those, to be fair. Maybe they're <laughs> a different breed, but they, they love cars. So with that in mind, I have gone for a, a passenger ride in a V8 supercar. Um, Adrenaline.com is one of the places you can find them. Having done one as a kid myself, it's just such an incredible experience to be in a race car being driven, I would imagine slowly by race driver standards, but by the standards of someone who'd only been in his parents' car before, lightning quick. It's just such a fun present and one that people will really remember. The other option I've gone for is Gran Turismo 7, um, or Forza, depending on whether you've got an Xbox. No, Gran Turismo, go Gran Turismo. We'll go Gran it's Turismo. Better. <laughs> but, um, you can't drive a lot of the, the really special cars in the world because you can't afford them or can't get them in Australia. I'll tell you right now, it's not quite as the same, but you can have some pretty good fun driving them in a video game. If you if you get yourself close enough to that telly, it is <laughs> it is so close to being real now. Like the, it is phenomenal, yeah. the dynamics, the handling, the weather, like the dynamic weather they have in it now. Mm. It is. I've had some massive crashes when the rain <laughs> sets in. It's great. Yeah, Le Mans, uh, Mulsanne Street yep. when the rain comes. Yep, yep. 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 Far is... more difficult than you'd expect. Yes, yes. Um, you need the whole street to break, as it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great. I think there's some really good options in there. Uh, that should satisfy both ends of the petrol head spectrum. Uh, James, what have you got? Well, I went for more like merchandisey stuff because I, I think it's a fun way. Scott said not yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, it's sort of like I, I love the idea. You know, there's a lot of people that you know, once they get a little bit older than us, they have kids, and you know, you can't can't have a fun car anymore but something that I really love is seeing the next generation of petrol heads come through and so I found this really cute little Audi Quattro Junior thing which is like a ride on A1 and you can get it in pink or red awesome. for your daughter or your son or you know whatever and it's just like you know you can ride along with them and instead of having them waddle down the street or in a pram something boring you can have them in on their first Audi which I think was really really cute you can also pay a little bit more and get an RSQ8 looking one that has like <laughs> the concept decals and stuff on it for an extra couple hundred dollars that's or so something. Cool. yeah I thought that was really cool the more boring one that Scott's probably gonna pan me for is a um not that I like Volkswagens or own one, but there is a GTI patterned cushion that Volkswagen will sell you. No, but you have about five of those, don't you? I actually don't, which is why I'm mentioning it now, just yes. in case anyone that's buying me yeah. gets is listening. But yeah, it's Next a year's secret Santa yeah, in the office. Way, I support all forms of contraception, so yeah. whatever you want, that's fine. Well, you know, I love sitting in my GTI seats, but I don't sit in my GTI seats when I'm watching the TV at home. And having a cushion <laughs> to remind me of my car is something that's really. See, if you call comforting. a few wreckers, you might be able to change that. You but. could actually. Maybe for Sean's home Gran Turismo rig setup, if we can get an old GTI seat and build him a race seat, yeah, that would be, cool. be really cool. That'd be cool. He might want an old F one fifty seat. He yeah. a bench. They are yeah. very comfortable, to be fair. They're made for people that are about four times my size, so, that's, so it's very nice when I sit in it. Uh, okay, I've got... Uh, I'm actually sort of stealing from your idea a little bit. Uh, for the kids, Super Cheap Auto is selling a miniature Land Cruiser 300 <laughs> that you can ride on. It's electric. It is fantastic. Wait, sorry, electric Toyota Land Cruiser. Yes. Wow. I know. That's big Super news. Super Auto beat Toyota to yeah, the punch. Yeah, <laughs> um, Breaking news. First heard here on Car Expert. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if you're a little four-wheel drive enthusiast, that is an absolute cracker. I know there's a lot of people who do have that. But for the big kids, and this is the exciting one, <laughs> Lego have released a Peugeot 9X8 
the Le Mans hypercar. Ooh. It is about, I think it's about 300 bucks. Yep. Big thing. It's about it's similar size to our Raptor that's over there. So it's a, a big thing, Lego Technic you can build. I mean, if you're a big kid that likes Lego like me, that would be oh, so much fun. I've had one more idea. I need a prop. I'll be two okay. seconds. Two seconds. All right, bear with me. <laughs> Hold music. Hold music. Well, at the, well, yeah, can we play later. the Jeopardy music yes. now? Yes. But yes, the, the Lego. That's my, that's my no, the Lego Lego's good fun. So... This is one more idea. Oh, here we go. We had our office, Chris Kringle. This is very hey, hey, it's Saturday now. I'm going to point to this camera and say, buy this CD. We had our office, Chris Kringle, recently, and this was $30. It is a car cleaning kit. It was from Costco. I bought this for our so founder. So it's 30 plus $60 to get the Costco membership. <laughs> <laughs> yes, if you don't shop there and you just buy this, of course it costs you $60 for the membership, but I also shop there. It's also $12 on Amazon if you want to check it out. <laughs> Maybe. But if there is someone in your life who has a dirty car and needs to clean it, like, for example, Paul, who I actually gave that to in our KK. Uh, but he's used it a lot, I can tell. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we'll check back in at the start of next year to see if it's been opened. Yes. The Hey Hey It's Saturday reference, that looks like Dickie Knee after he bleached his hair. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Which one of us is Daryl Summers? It could be you. Or, or Sean. Your hair is closer. Yeah, but your age is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, in that, in that case, I think it's a good time to leave. We're all very merry. I think so, uh, too. I think it's all time for us to head home and, and get ready for a big holiday season uh, of not doing much at all. That's that's my plan. Mm, me too. Guys. Yeah, it sounds great. I really like the idea of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I want to thank you guys for joining me this year. Uh, we've now done 22 episodes of this video 22 podcast. 22 video podcast. Which is nearly nearly six months worth. So uh, we started late July. James just joined us recently. Um, it's It's been really, really fun. So I want to thank you guys for joining me. I want to thank all of you at home that watch, listen, like, subscribe, leave comments, give us feedback. It's It's been really lovely to be able to come into your car audio systems or your earpods every, every week and talk about cars. It's something I do anyway, so I may as well figure to do it on camera. It's so, And we're going to be back next year. We're we going to be off for a couple of weeks over Christmas. Uh, we'll be back in the new year, a couple of weeks into January, um, with more audio and video goodness. Yes, uh, we're, we're hoping to have some very exciting news to come back to you with. So let's see what the car world will bring us yeah, over absolutely. Christmas. Uh, because whilst we shut down here in Australia, Europe doesn't shut down quite as much. So there could be some very juicy things that come out in the next couple of weeks. But from all of us here at Car Expert, we want to wish you all a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, and we hope that you are driving somewhere. And if you are, please drive safely. Ah, there it is. There it is. You've got to squeeze it in. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. We'll see you next year. Merry Christmas. Year.